The reading is from Jeremiah chapter 15, verses 15 to 21. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and bring down retribution for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance do not take me away. Know that on your account I suffer insult. Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice. Under the weight of your hand I sat alone, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, If you turn back, I will take you back, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious, and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze, and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you, for I am with you, to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked, and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel of St Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever, who, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Poor Jeremiah. I guess that most of us at some point have felt the world was against us, as he seems to in our first reading. Right now, I'm guessing that's a pretty common feeling, as this Covid epidemic grinds on. The challenge Jeremiah faced was different, but just as tough. God had called him to speak truth to power back in the 6th century BC, when Jerusalem was about to be destroyed by the Babylonians. 
His job was to warn the people of Judah and their leaders that this disaster was coming, so that even if it was, were too late to avert it, they could at least be better equipped for the challenges it would bring. It ought to have been obvious that there was trouble coming. The Babylonians had already conquered large swathes of the Middle East. But then again, it ought to have been obvious to us that COVID-19 was going to be massively disruptive and demanding. And it ought to be obvious that climate change will be even more devastating. But who wants to listen to bad news, even if doing so would help us cope with it? Most of us prefer to shut our eyes and try to convince ourselves that if we can't see the monster, it, it isn't there. It all feels like too much. It's too frightening, too complicated. And when the inevitable happens and disaster falls, we're baffled and often angry too. We fall out with each other, kicking out at anyone within kicking distance. Jeremiah's audience were no different. They thought of themselves as God's chosen people. God had brought them out of slavery in Egypt many generations before and had given them this promised land. Why would he let it be taken away? They thought that no matter what they did, God would protect them. Prophets like Jeremiah warned them that they couldn't treat God like a lucky charm, to be pulled out of the bag and deployed when trouble threatened, but ignored the rest of the time. But they didn't want to hear that message. First they ignored Jeremiah, and when they couldn't ignore him any longer, they persecuted him, arrested him, even threw him into a dry well to die, anything to shut him up. He hadn't wanted the job of prophet, and in today's reading he's starting to think that God is pulling a fast one on him. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. He's exhausted, feeling like he's on a hiding to nothing, and who can blame him? It would have been easy for him to give up to think that his ministry was a waste, but it wasn't. The fact that his words were preserved through the cataclysm of the exile, that we still have them, shows that people did eventually see the truth and the wisdom in what he said. Eventually they discovered that his call to them to face reality was a message of hope, not despair, the gateway to a new beginning. They just needed to learn to see it. If you turn back, says God through Jeremiah, I will take you back and you shall stand before me. I am with you to save you and deliver you. It was during the exile, pondering words like those of Jeremiah, that the Jewish people began to draw together the stories of their people, stories of God's faithfulness, his constant presence with them through thick and thin. They learned to see anew that however many times they'd failed God, he'd never failed them. But to discover that, they had to take their fingers out of their ears and open their eyes to the truth. Seeing afresh is the key to the gospel story today as well. Peter refuses to accept that Jesus will be arrested and crucified. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Peter has just said so in the previous passage, which we thought about last week. How can God let his Messiah die? What would be the point of that? Jesus' response to him is sharp. 
Peter's mind, says Jesus, is fixed on human things, not divine things. And as long as that's the case, he'll never understand what God is doing. Jesus isn't saying that Peter should go about with his head in the clouds, too heavenly minded to be any earthly use, as they say. This isn't about cultivating an air of unworldly piety. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Jesus is calling out his human tendency to wishful thinking. Those delusions we have about ourselves, about others, about the world around us. The idea that we can be in control, that we're entitled to have things the way we want them, that there is a pain-free, cost-free, quick fix for everything, if only we could find it, and that if things go wrong, it's always someone else's fault. Instead, says Jesus, Peter needs to learn to focus on the heavenly truths, the unchanging faithfulness of God, his presence with us in the darkness as much as the light. As the psalmist put it in today's psalm, your love is before my eyes. That's what enables him to walk faithfully with God. It's easy to be distracted by our anxious, angry, divisive impulses in times of trouble. But that's when it most matters that we learn to look for God's love around us and within us. COVID-19 is presenting us all with challenges we'd rather not face. How wonderful it would be if all this stuff we are going through would just go away. I'd love to press a cosmic reboot button that would start this year all over again without it. But we can't. What is, is, and it will be for some time to come. And as time goes on, that gets tougher and tougher to deal with. The heroic impulse to help, or at least applaud others who do, fades away. That initial surge of energy, which fuelled our ingenuity, our kindness, our generosity to others, starts to run out. Disillusion and scapegoating set in. Trauma can just as easily corrode trust, hope and love as it can inspire them. We discover that our own resources are all too shallow, soon exhausted. If we're going to find the strength for the long haul, it will be because we deliberately, daily, look for God's presence, reorient ourselves towards what is good, set his love before our eyes, in prayer, in reflection, through sharing the truth about how we feel and what we face, through loving others and through loving ourselves too. Working with God to create a world in which all can thrive, especially in challenging times like these, doesn't come without pain and cost. Often the right thing is not the easy thing. Each day we have to make choices. We can respond to the troubles around us with hope or with despair, with love or with anger, with faith or with fear, with generosity or anxious selfishness. God's promise to Jeremiah, his promise to Peter, his promise to that psalmist who walked faithfully with him, is that as we do so, he will walk just as faithfully with us, and that the path he guides us on will be one that leads to life and hope. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than either we desire or deserve. 
pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.